Hello and welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. My name is Stephanie Sutherland. I am your host and the author behind thesimpleclassroom.com and the Simple Classroom on Teachers Pay Teachers. Today, we are talking about the things that I am doing in my second grade classroom as I speak to help keep things light and fun amidst all of the testing. (laughs) Because goodness, I've been gone for three years. I'm back in the game this year. And the number of assessments that we give at the end of the year has severely ramped up to where I don't feel like I have that end of year wind down feeling that I typically have. And at the time that I'm recording this, I have two weeks left. So it feels kind of bizarre to me that I'm not feeling that sense of, oh, I'm done. Like, let's all sign yearbooks and go around the room and sign yearbooks and watch a magic school bus while Miss Sutherland cleans. I have not reached that point yet, and there's only two weeks left. So it feels a little strange, um, the level of like testing that we're still doing at this point. So I'm trying really hard to keep things light and feeling like the year is winding down, even when we still have to be kind of nose to the grindstone. So I want to share with you what those things are. So let's get started. All right, end of year fun ideas. There are so many fun things that you can be doing with your kids this time of year to kind of keep their engagement, keep them still working, but feeling like the grind is winding down, giving you a chance to celebrate with them um, and sending them off with some fun goodies for the summer. So I've got kind of ideas about all of those things right now. The first one is we have stopped our regular rotations, just completely stopped them. We took our last spelling test with our curriculum about a week ago. So I'm not doing my regular rotations because a big cornerstone of my regular rotations has always been word work. I want the kids doing word work tasks with their spelling words every single day. And now that we don't have spelling words, I don't have words for them to do word work tasks with. So... I gave them the quote unquote privilege. And if you spin this to make it sound like a fun thing, they are all in that we are just doing projects from here on out. So during our literacy rotations in the morning right now, we have two projects that we're working on um, where instead of rotating, they are just working. It's it's self-paced. They are working on their rotations, their projects um, at their own pace, and they can choose the one they want to start with for the day and then flip to the other one if they get feeling a little burnt out or tired of it, or just work on one for the whole morning. The two projects that we kicked things off with were write fan mail to your favorite author, and I will like help them address envelopes and take them home for their parents to mail them. I'm not buying stamps and doing all of that. If you want to buy stamps and mail letters to authors on behalf of your students, like great, good for you. I'm not making an extra trip to the store for stamps right now so that I have enough stamps for 23 kids, but (laughs) to each their own. I I have to put caps on my level of like end of year fun somewhere. Extra trips to the store are, and they're not it. If I can't get it delivered to me via Amazon, it's not happening. So I will not be mailing these letters, but I am, I have envelopes in my classroom already. I'm letting the kids like address the envelopes. We're looking up where to mail things to particular authors and they're getting to write fan mail. Now I turned it into a whole project. 
They've got to brainstorm what they want to say to these this author. They have to brainstorm questions. They have to brainstorm um, points, talking points about what this person's books have meant to them all year, etc. So it's not just like, hey, sit down for 15 minutes and write a letter to an author. They're brainstorming. They are um, planning their letter. They're drafting it. They're revising and editing. Then they are publishing, coloring, illustrating, etc., then putting an envelope and addressing. So it's a multi-day project, but I'm letting them kind of work on it on their own. It's reviewing friendly letter standards, which were a standard for this year. It's reviewing all kinds of mechanics and the writing process and all of that. So it's great for the end of the year, but also gets them gives them so much choice, right? Which is really engaging for kids. The second project that I've introduced is um, paint chip writing. <laughs> So I love this one. You just get a bunch of paint chips from any hardware store, Lowe's, Walmart, even wherever they have like paint chips for you to pick up and take home, put against your wall to sample colors. Um, you grab a bunch of them. I have a set that I've just grabbed a few more each year. So it's massive now. Just keep them in a Ziploc bag. The kids have to just pull one paint chip out and they look at the paint color. So let's say it is... Um, it's a deep purple and the name of the color is Royal Throne, which is actually one that I have, or it's a light blue and the name of the color is um, New Baby, or it is a kind of turquoisey teal and the color name is Tropical Ocean or whatever. The kids have to take the title of that paint, the name of that paint color, and that name of that paint color has to be the title of their story. And they have to build a story around that theme. It is so fun. They love it. I love to read what they come up with. I still have pictures of some of them. I remember there was one. It was like a yellow and a girl. The title of the story was Early Morning Sunrise. And she wrote just like the most precious story about going camping with her family and waking up early. And she was grumpy on the camping trip. But then she got to like see this early morning sunrise and it completely changed her mindset about how she felt about the camping trip. And I asked her if it was real because she was a second grader and it was such a great story. I thought, surely this is a true story. And it wasn't. She just, it was completely fictionalized, but she made it sound so real and she built this whole story. It's just, it's so fun to see how much their writing skills have grown throughout the course of the year and to give them the chance to really flex their creative muscles. Because I don't know about you guys, but my curriculum and the writing that my students have to do is like two thumbs down. Like I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I'm not going to name the curriculum that we're doing, but it's just, it's not making the writing process fun or engaging. And I have tried hard this year to build engagement into it, but it's not fun. And so now that the curriculum is done, we're wrapping it up. Like the greatest gift I could give these kids is to spark a love of reading and writing when I know that our curriculum has not done that. I haven't been, I haven't had the gift of choice this year as a teacher myself, which is funny how all educational research shows that choice can make learning so much more engaging and can create so much buy-in for our students. But then we adopt these curriculums that have no choice. So they haven't had a choice about the books that they read. I haven't had a choice about the books that I teach. And we haven't had a choice about the writing that we do. The prompts are given to us. They are so dry. Everything has been like research, nonfiction on the most boring topics. Not a fan, not a fan. So now that the curriculum is done, 
I'm like, let's write about things that we want to write about. Let's create stories. Let's be creative. And I'm having a blast watching them. It's been so fun to see them get excited about the writing that they're doing. So just, yes, major, major shout out to swapping out center rotations with just long-term projects that they can work at on their own pace. Because you're not having to make weekly or bi-weekly copies anymore. It's just, here's this packet. Go for it. With any time left we have this school year, I'm going to have them do the Write Your Own Movie project where they have to create a movie script. Super fun if you let them act it out too. Um, and they like get to cast their movie amongst their peers. I'm going to link to all three of these projects in the show notes, the paint one, the movie one, and the fan mail to your favorite author one. All of them are a blast. Teachers, are you looking for some PD that will keep you engaged and give you so many great ideas for the coming school year? Then you don't want to miss the Upper Elementary Teachers Conference. The theme this year is linked, the 2023 conference, and early bird registration is now open. Check out the link in your show notes to see all of the great presenters, myself included, and all of the sessions that you will be learning about at the Upper Elementary Teacher Conference. If you teach third through fifth grade any subject, you do not want to miss this conference. If you teach second grade, but you often work with high flyers and high achievers, you do not want to miss this conference. Click the link in the show notes to get your registration link today. I am also in math right now doing a third grade math training camp. So the kids all got a badge that says third grader in training. It has eight stars on it. And we've been working during our math block on doing these lessons that review second grade skills, but then give them a preview of the third grade skills, show them how it builds on it. So we did a day about repeated addition because that is a second grade standard. So we practiced repeated addition. We made arrays from different word problems. We wrote the repeated addition equations and solved them. But then the second half of the lesson was all about how does this skill that you learn in second grade help you be successful in third grade? Well, if you can do repeated addition, you can do anything in multiplication, right? You can solve any multiplication problem by understanding that it is the shorthand way of writing a repeated addition equation. So can you do 30 times three? Maybe if I had shown you 30 times three before talking to you about repeated addition, you would have gone, no, I have no idea what 30 times three is. But can you do 30 plus 30 plus 30 in your head? Yeah, you totally can because you know 3 plus 3 plus 3 and you know your base 10. So you know that you're adding a zero to make it instead of 3 plus 3 plus 3 ones. It's 3 plus 3 plus 3 10. So you need to keep that zero there. And then boom, you get 90. You've done 30 times 3. We've been having so much fun. It's been so much fun to show them how much they've learned this year and how third grade math is not going to be hard because they've learned everything they need. So we've done um, measurement and how that translates to area and perimeter. We have done time to the nearest five minutes, which was the second grade standard, and how that translates to elapsed time. We have done partitioning shapes and how that translates to fractions and how what they did was they took one hole and they broke it into things that were less than one hole and fractions are less than one. Um, so I've got lessons about fractions on a number line, how it trans how it um, builds upon what they learned in second grade. Um, what else? Place value into the thousands, how that builds on what they did in second grade, all these fun things. 
we're having so much fun. So just giving them like review the skills that you learned, but then also give them a sneak peek of what they're going to do next year. You don't have to teach the next grade levels curriculum or standards, obviously, but just showing them like, hey, you're ready for next year because next year is going to directly build upon what you did this year. And let's just get some sneak peeks of that. It's been a blast. Um, I finished all of these slides. They were designed for my own students and what our curriculum taught in second grade this year. But I'm going to go ahead and put them on TPT. I'll link them in the show notes too, in case you also teach second grade and you want to do the same thing with your students and do a couple of reviews. You wouldn't have to spread it out over eight days. A lot of the lessons are really short because we are just doing like mini lesson and then math projects. Um, So you could condense it. If you have less than eight days to give, you could condense it in less days than that. But it's been really, really fun. The next thing that's coming up are theme days. So my friend Bree and I co-authored a set of theme days, which honestly can last 14 days um, or 10 days, I should say, two weeks, 10 school days, because there's five of them and there is enough in each one to last you two school days or you could just condense it to your last five days of school. But we have that coming up on our last week of school. We are going to do some theme days and I am so excited. (laughs) We've got lemonade day, camping day, ice cream day, taco day, and beach day. And they are going to be so much fun. The theme day activities span all curriculum. So like we have reading and language activities. We have math activities. We have science experiments. We have social studies activities, reading passages, fun morning work, or just filler activities, um, things on slides, video clips to show them like so much fun. So I'm really, really excited to get started with those. I'm going to link those in the show notes as well in case there's one or two days you need to fill with something just highly engaging, but also we'll review a ton of skills at once. That's what theme days are, and I'm so excited. I made them with my friend Bree, but like when I wasn't currently teaching during one of the years that I was home. And now that I'm in the classroom and I get to use them for myself, I am pumped. It's going to be a blast. And then finally, as just a little parting gift to my students this year. I am creating third grade good luck charms, which I just got some clear acrylic keychains from Amazon. Um, Split the cost with my team. We bought like, I don't know, a hundred of them. So we have enough for our entire grade level because our school has like 80 kids in second grade this year. And we just split the cost four ways. Um, And we actually had class, like not class fee money, but like school money that we could use for that. So I was able, we actually didn't have to like pay out of pocket, but we ordered the keychains on Amazon and we have Astro Bright's paper and I am making these little tags that say third grade, good luck charm. And then on the back, it says you're going to rock third grade love. And then each of our names and we're stuffing them. We're putting, we cut the little squares of the paper out. We're stuffing them in the keychains. We're going to give that to our students to put on their backpacks as an end of your gift. It's simple tiny, but so adorable. And the kids love them. But then on top of that, I am going to be sending the parents or maybe printing and sending them home, depending on how like ambitious I'm feeling. I'm going to be sending home a reading adventure kit, summer reading adventure kit that gives the kids reading challenges to complete with like numbers of books that they need to read in a set amount of time. And then prizes that they can get along the way or fun Um, incentives for their parents to give them. So things like going to the pool, um, getting an ice cream treat, buying a new book at a bookstore, um, eating like 
doing a reading picnic outside, things like that, things that are like fairly easy for the parents to implement. There are enough options that they could do all free things that are no cost if they wanted to, or they could layer in some things like um, go pick out a new toy or whatever, but the kids get to pick a coupon after they read a certain amount and then they get that thing with their families. Now, obviously I'm going to send this home probably 85% of my families will not do it. (laughs) Like they're going to have their own summer agenda and all of that. But if a few of them do and they get into that daily habit of reading, even if at first they're reading for a tangible thing over time, the more they read and the more they have fun with it with their families, the more they want to read later, even if there's not a tangible thing. And if you want to push me on that, I want to remind everybody of the way that we learned how to read when we were younger and how the library, Pizza Hut, our schools, everybody gave us prizes for summer reading. Everybody did it. Pizza Hut gave you a whole dang personal pizza if you could prove that you read 100 books over the summer. My library gave out ice cream for reading a certain number of books. My school gave out toys and ice cream and prizes and cookies for reading a certain amount. There was a whole ceremony around it. And we have done away with all of that for the fear that we're teaching kids to read only if they get something on the other end of it. But I'm looking at myself and all of my friends now as adults, and we're all readers. Like, if at home they're not going to be taught the intrinsic habit of reading, which is really like the best bet that they can become readers, then we need to do it in schools. And if we're not doing it through the curriculum that we're teaching, which I'm telling you we're not, then another way we can do it is, yeah, reward them for reading a lot. Celebrate it with them. Give them some ice cream. Be like, wow, you read so much. Here's some ice cream. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that the best way to create a new habit is to build a routine around it. And if the best way to build the routine is to give them ice cream along the way, then great. I personally think it's an awesome thing to reward kids with tangible prizes for reading a lot of books. I don't see anything wrong with it. I know there are studies out there that show that if we only attach prizes to it, that maybe they won't want to read on their own later. But what we've done by stripping all of that away is we've taken away any motivation for them to read. And again, I'll say it again louder for the people in the back. The curriculum is not inspiring them to read. We need to get them to pick up their own books and read on their own. And so attaching something tangible to it might be a good way to do it. Um, So I will be sending those home as well. I'm going to attach that in the show notes too for y'all. So lots of things, lots of things for you guys to take a look at to fill your last few days of school and make things feel a little bit more light and fun. My end of year keychains are totally free. Um, I can link... The keychains that we bought along with my template of the size that I made um, for my students' keychains. So, y'all, we've almost done it. We are almost to the end. We can make it and we can have fun along the way. So I hope that these ideas give you something fun, easy to implement to do with your kids these last couple weeks of school. And I hope you have a great week with your students.